Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? This is Melchester Odyssey again, and I have in my left hand, 24th of March, 1984, issue of Roy the Rovers. Uh, I can't quite make out, it's one of those ones where it's got the address where it was delivered to, written on the front. Um... Which, uh, as, a, as a collector, I find obscene that someone's tarnished it. It's number 44, can't make it out the street. Yeah. No, no. You'd have that on your newspaper. If you got your newspaper delivered, maybe, you'd have the... the yeah, uh, the newspapers the are much more disposable, aren't they, really? Yeah. Did you have a paper around, Sam, when you were younger? I did the free ones for a while, but not for did the news agents. Yeah, there was a... You know, there'd be like... The local, like, you know, something like West London Advertiser or whatever. Right, yeah. But we, um, it didn't last because we often, me and my mates all got in on it and we'd dump them, you know, we'd dump them somewhere. in the canal. Yeah, and in the end you just get found out. Yeah. So. Capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. I had a paper round, but you had to write on, I think I had to write on the front of each paper on a morning because it was different newspapers. When in the in, in the evening it was just the Sunderland Echo that I used to deliver. Yeah. Although a couple of people will get the Newcastle Evening Chronicle. Oh yeah, I, I think that, that, that's quite well was. known, isn't it? That's quite a well known newspaper. The Evening Chronicle. Yeah. yeah. My yeah. gran always used to read the Evening Chronicle. I mean, she. Yeah, she it's a well-respected like newspaper, isn't it? Yeah. She, she lived nowhere near New, Newcastle, but she would she would never ever visit Sunderland. But she would go through to Newcastle on the bus once a week with her friend Sadie. Oh yeah, good and old they'd, Sadie. They'd, they'd have a, a mooch about Elton Square shopping centre in Newcastle, but she never went to Sunderland. She was above. Why? I think she just thought she was above it. She <laughs> was better. And she used to read the Evening Chronicle. Yeah, but, it's uh, a it's a good newspaper from what I know of it. <laughs> I had a, I was on the milk rounds, wasn't I, with Archie? That was my thing. Oh, of course you were, yeah, yeah. I was, a, I was, a, I was a milk boy. I was a milk boy more than a paper boy. Um, yeah. Different vibe, whole different scene, mate. Because when you were a milk boy, you were operating with adults, adult milkmen. Yeah, adult products. Yeah. And uh, there was a, there was the greasy spoon at the at the button quite near my mum's house that they'd all go to like midway through your rounds start very yeah. early and then midway through go right we stop and we'd go to this cafe and the cafe was called and I'm not I'm not joking it was a proper old fashioned grease spoon the cafe was called The Beaver 
Oh, let's and, go to the beaver now. Oh, yeah, and, and we go in and it stunk of milk because in there would just be loads of milkmen and loads of milk boys. <laughs> now there's a, another greasy spoon across the street, which is still there to this day. And I sometimes go there and take the kids. Right. It's one of the last remaining old school greasy spoons. It's just like it right. was in the 80s. That was called the Ritz. But the Ritz, the Ritz. That was. Lord. I think that's where the posties went. So I think they right. were like rival calves, right? It was only milkmen in the beaver. And in the beaver, it sm- there was a smell of milk. And yeah. you, and um, there'd be the, the milkmen and the milk boys, and I'd go in, and you'd feel like, a bit like, you know when you go to football when you're young, and you might be with your dad. In my, in my case, it would have been with my, my mate's dad. And you go into the pub for the first time, and, mm. you, and you're small. So all you see is, like, waist up. And lots of mm. gruff talk. And in those days, there would have been a lot of cigarette smoke and the smell of beer. And it was sort of like exciting, but a bit scary. Yeah. That's what it was like in the beaver. So what age were you doing the milk round? Eight or nine. Like Wow. Yeah. And then, that's and then like we- child labour. That's like chimney sweep shit. Yeah. And he goes, the one thing I remember the first time I went to the beaver, we go, come on, we're going to the beaver. For our bre- <laughs> we're away for our breakfast. So we go into the beaver, right? And I'm thinking, I was a right greedy little cunt. I'm thinking, oh, I wonder what I can have. Shall I have five eggs and bacon? Shall I have a nice sausage? But before he, I can fucking order, I've got all these different orders in my eyes. He goes, two scrambled eggs, please, Betty. Right? And <laughs> I realised that all of the milkmen and all of their milk boys all had scrambled eggs on toast. What? And there was, it was not questioned. I was not asked what I would have. That's what I was fucking having because we were men of milk. And men of wow. milk all ordered the same breakfast. And here's the other thing that I remember. When it arrived, he picked up the brown bottle of brown sauce. And without saying anything, Archie squirted some on his plate next to his eggs. And then without asking me, squirted some on my plate. Now, Ooh. at that age, I would have never okay. really had brown sauce. I thought brown sauce was a... I don't know about you, but I just sort of thought that it's a grown-up sauce. Oh, disgusting at that age, yeah. Yeah, I'd have thought, that's that's for grown-ups. That's weird. I'm, if yeah. I'm having sauce, it's going to be red. And oh, he just so said, spicy! Oh! Yeah. 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 It's rather tartar, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> Mum says I'm not to have anything tart this early in the morning, as it will upset my stomach. Well... <laughs> Your mum's not here now, is it? Is she? You get that down, your boy. <laughs> oh, well, I can tell you, mother shall be hearing of this. <laughs> oh, actually, it's just great. You keep it's, your it's, fucking mouth shut, laddie. Uh, <laughs> it's tart, but tasty, I must admit. <laughs> but like, he's like, you don't have red sauce on scrambled eggs. On scrambled eggs, you just have brown sauce. As if, like, that's just a known fact. And I did have it, and I loved it. And for years, that was just a staple. It was the one thing that, after Archie left for Jersey, right, and disappeared forever, <laughs> it's the one thing that stayed with me. You know, a part reminder. of Archie was always in my life. So whenever I had scrambled eggs on toast, I'd always have it with <coughs> HP. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Memories of the Beaver Cafe. I wonder why they all had scrambled eggs. Just seemed to be the thing. Weird. But you mix a bit of milk in, don't you, when you have scrambled eggs? Maybe that's it. I know you do it. Although, yeah, I, I, keep, although keep the... side note, I've stopped doing that. I mean, I make scrambled eggs probably two or three times a week. We have scrambled eggs a lot well, in I'm this still. house. Yeah. yeah. And uh, 
I saw someone on Twitter. This is how suggestible I am. I saw someone on Twitter. I don't even know who they are. Say, and all the tweet said was, "Stop fucking putting milk in your scrambled eggs, idiots." <laughs> so I have done. <laughs> and are they better? I don't think they need to be milky. There's a richness. I once watched um, a video of uh, it was it was uh, Gordon Ramsay on Jonathan Ross's chat show years ago, right? And and he went, and Jonathan Ross said to him, all right, you're such a good cook. Show us how you cook scrambled eggs. Right? That's my Jonathan <laughs> Ross impression. It's <laughs> good. Come like and show it. us how you can cook scrambled eggs then. Right? And it was immense. I mean, you can imagine. Gordon Ramsay, <laughs> say what you like about him. Right? Yeah. He, he can cook. What he does is he scrambles up the eggs. He didn't put milk mm. in either. I think that's a bit of an English okay. thing. Right? And then he goes it in a, on a low to medium heat, so they cook through quite gently. And I remember him saying the key thing is people put butter in the pan first, right? right. And it gets all bubbly, maybe even semi-burnt, and then you add the eggs into it, and the hot butter kind of cooks the eggs very quickly, right? What right. you're supposed to do is put the eggs into a non-stick pan very, very slowly. Then you put the butter in, and I can tell you put quite a lot in, which is fine by me. I mean, my attitude is the more butter, the better in anything, mm. right? He put, I mean, that's a slogan there. The more butter, the better. Yeah, I think Sam Musty made that up, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he put in the butter just when they're, say, 60%. You think the, the eggs are 60 to 70% there, Andy? Chuck the butter in and the cold right. butter slows down the cooking. Because you don't, okay. you want to take the eggs off the heat when they look not quite cooked. Because for right. the few moments afterwards, when they're off the heat, they're in the hot pan. They continue to harden anyway, and you don't really want hard scrambled eggs, do you? And right. so that's that's a little tip that I got off um, off Gordon Ramsay. Throw the butter in towards the end. It make it melts, makes it nice and buttery, but it also cools the eggs somewhat so they don't overcook. And you get a lovely, rich butteriness. Now, the other thing that he does, which I might do once or twice a year, like if it's someone's birthday or Christmas, but he does it every day because he's Gordon Ramsay. He chucked in a spoonful of creme fraiche at the end. Whoa, yeah. posh cunt. Yeah. But, I mean, that's or, that's very decadent, yeah, isn't it? You could chuck in some of that new Ambrosia deluxe custard. You could put custard in your eggs. That's, that's perfectly fine, yeah. It's, um, we're going to try and test on Friday. It's uh, what custard eggs? No, oh. the custard oh. itself. We're going to do a taste test. Oh yeah, test we are on Friday. Oh, can't wait for that. I might film that. At my I end. recorded. I, I recorded a new episode of Bob yesterday, yeah. and he's had some last week. It came up in that episode as well. The verdict. He's at, oh yeah, yeah, thumbs up. Yeah, he had it with a small, a small um, golden syrup pudding. Are we and his g- only regret was that the golden syrup pudding wasn't big enough. Mm. Well, he probably had so, to fill up on extra custard instead. Yeah. Are we so going to taste test it against in anything else? Like another yeah, just, type of custard? Against, We're against just going to literally eat some custard. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good to me. Um, but anyway, that's scrambled eggs. Take it or leave it. But that's the Gordon Ramsay scrambled eggs uh, scenario. And that's scrambled eggs in the 80s at the Beaver Cafe. Sadly, no longer with us. I might do scrambled eggs after we finish recording this for lunch. Mm. Now, I've got a taste for it. Try it out. Let's get back to this Roy the Rovers issue. Right across the top, it says Super Manchester City Star in sign, please. 
So it doesn't tell us who it is. Paul Power. Um, Paul Power. You've Paul just Power. gone straight in there. Yeah. 1984, Paul Power. I could get you to do 57 guesses. And I still this, wouldn't get it. And you would not get it. Okay, go you can on. Have, you can have two more if you want. 80s Man City players. Quite hard. It was that one who who scored for them in 1981 Cup Final. Was it McKenzie? Tommy Hutchison. Oh, Tommy Hutchison, that's it. Or Steve McKenzie. Steve McKenzie. Nah, look, I'll put you at your misery. It's Derek Parlane. Never fucking heard of him. <laughs> exactly. What? Looks it like said a nice star bloke. at the front. <laughs> no, looks like a nice bloke. Yeah, he seems reasonable. Lovely head yeah. of hair. Yeah. Best of luck with him. But... Uh, <laughs> Not what you'd regard as a star. <clears throat> anyway, on with the story. It's a good front cover. It's got some action on it. Um, you'd pick this up if you were a, an occasional uh, peruser of Roy the Rovers. Um, Roy races sensational prophecy. Ooh, fucking hell. Going in hard. Sensational prophecy that neither he nor Rob Richards would score against Carford City in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup seemed about to come true. This is like when someone has, has a fight but they only decide to use one arm. <laughs> or when Ronnie O'Sullivan decides he's going to win a frame of snooker by just using his left hand. Yeah. He's kind of said, right, we're going to beat Carford, but I tell you what, I'm not scoring, neither's that little cunt. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> <laughs> we're still going to do it. <clears throat> it seemed they'd be about to come true, although Rovers were leading 2-0. Melchester's twin strikers had failed to find the net. Um, so Roy is... On the edge of the box, there's a line of defenders in front of him. The crowd are there behind the goal. Roy and Rob have been heavily marked, but I can't believe that neither of them will score. Come on, Racy, beat your man! <clears throat> um, and he does. He takes it around the outside of the defender, uh, and he's got a great big grin on his face as he does it. I love that. I love when he does that. Ah, fuck it. Have some of that, you twat. Uh, the defender goes oof that's better Roy's really going for goal this time well I mean he's not because he's down the wing I don't know if he's going to try and cut inside and score but let's see what happens when we turn over into the colour pages uh, he's still got the ball he's got another two defenders closing in on him uh, but as, as we said there he's on the wing so he's thinking the goal's at too sharp an angle and here comes Kurt Gruber Kurt Gruber of course the Dortmund of Hammer mm. and the, Hammer of uh, Dortmund. the founding father of the Hitler Youth yeah. unfortunately uh, yeah they're using this full name again so they haven't, they haven't realised it's just unfortunate uh, here comes Kurt Gruber I'm drawing him out of the middle again oh look what he does tell us what he does next Sam <laughs> Uh, he fucking nutmegs Kurt Gruber, which is a huge insult to him. And he does it with a massive grin on his face. Ach! <laughs> it's, it's just, which, of course, is short for Achtung. Ich bin nutmegged! <laughs> it been stitched up like ein Kipper! <laughs> das is not einer Bubi! <laughs> to be fair Gruber stood there with his legs off my, off a mile wide apart fucking ask him for it he looks like fair. he's playing stuck in the mud yeah 
Uh, Roy thinks that what you oh no, yeah, Roy thinks what you might call a through ball. <laughs> right through, through your fucking legs, you fucking German twat. <laughs> That's right, I've still got time to crack the gags while in I'm me, creating goals. In me head. Can't be bothered saying them out loud. Waste of energy. Think them to myself. No one else deserves the laughs. And the ball goes straight through to Blackie Gray, who's on the uh, edge of the six-yard box, who just knocks it straight past the keeper. Blackie Gray, yes! 3-0! And, of course, there's our favourite celebration, which is, of course, Wahoo! Wahoo! Have you found yourself singing that at... uh yeah, I said it last night. I was West up Ham? in Derby, West Ham last night. We won 2 0. I said wahoo twice. Wahoo. Got some Both funny goals. looks, I must admit. Mm-hmm. But it didn't It'll bother me. It'll catch on. Yeah. It'll catch on. Uh, the Melchester fans, although delighted, were also a little surprised. Jimmy Slade got the first, Neville Jones the second, and Blackie Gray the third. <laughs> and they're all midfield players. Oh, yeah. Man, that's what Roy said will happen. He said he wasn't going to score. Rob Richards wasn't going to score. Yet our two top goal scorers haven't had a look in. And Roy doesn't seem a bit worried about it. And there's Roy and Rob Richards together celebrating the goal. They seem to be best pals now. Mm. Uh, Roy's not worried because he hasn't scored. Which is fair enough. You can you can see why he would be. Uh, it's, his, it's his reason for existing, isn't it? Scoring goals. There's not a lot of selflessness from Roy Rees, but there has been in this match. And then we cut to square-headed uh, Carford City manager, Dennis Blair, who's got his head up against his foot... Sorry, his hand is up against his forehead in despair. It says, Dennis Blair, the City manager, was suddenly very worried. He should be very worried. He's 3-0 down. He says, tell me, Norman, am I one of the most experienced football managers in the game or aren't I? Next to him is Norman, uh, who is, of course, his number two, who is wearing a green tracksuit. And as we described last week, nothing else underneath. Uh, Norman is a pervert. (laughs) Norman says, "I, uh, I guess so, boss. And of course, last week... Dennis Blair was trying to work out what um, what was going on. He was saying that Melchester are beating us, but I don't understand how. Yeah, and, it's, it's, and everyone else could fucking see. Yeah, Clear the as the nose on your face. It. It's pretty obvious. So Dennis Blair perhaps is having some kind of breakdown, I don't know. Mm. Norman, all Norman can think about is how, how beautiful the uh, tracksuit feels against his genitalia. Trying to suppress his erection. <laughs> Which, which to him is part of the thrill. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get off on not getting off. If you know what I mean, Mr. Sometimes Blair. I go out and I tape my penis to my inner thigh, and I play a little game with myself. See, if the tape breaks, I have failed. <laughs> It's very thin medical tape. <laughs> a slightly fabric quality to it. You know the sort. <laughs> oh, yeah. Soft to the touch. <laughs> Which in itself is be the old. So it's you part can of the see problem. there is a lot of jeopardy in this little game I play. <laughs> a game of cat and mouse between me and my own genitalia. My own loins. I pay a, I have a Mexican standoff with my own loins every day. 
<laughs> it's happening right now as I talk to you. Secretly, always <laughs> operating in the background. And I walk around the Tesco while I do it. <laughs> but it's in the evening. It's, it's very quiet. I try to keep it away from my responsibilities in the football arena. <clears throat> um, Dennis Blair says, so why, why couldn't I see what Roy was up to? He's allowed us to become so obsessed with the danger of himself and Richards. Our players have been chasing around after the two of them like a bunch of sheep. Leaving the midfield guys to come through the gaps. <clears throat> well, he's finally worked it out. He's got... I mean, look at that picture. Roy, it might be Rob. It's a blonde footballer. I don't mm. know which one it is. Is knocking the ball into the centre to what looks like Noel Blake. Uh, Noel Baxter, sorry. And there's four defenders on him. There's four defenders on... There's four defenders on him. I have no it's sympathy... What so fucking ever for Dennis Blair because the tactics are absurd. They've got four on fucking Roy and then over the other side they've got three on Richards. That's seven players out of 11. (laughs) Seven players out of 10 outfield players surrounding two of theirs. That leaves them with three outfield players covering the other eight. Yeah. Well, just the players. So Dennis Blair, I mean, out thinking Dennis Blair is not particularly difficult, clearly. This is like that time when, uh, towards the end of Rude Hullet's reign at Chelsea, mm. I can't remember who they were playing, but they were losing at half time, and it was somebody talked about. One of the players talked about it later on. Uh, Hullet went into the showers at half time and started ranting and raving. I think he might have banged his head off the shower a couple of times, mm. and he said he was going to go out with two defenders in the second half. Mm. It was a threat, and, wasn't it? Yeah, and that was that was the end. For him, he gone. <laughs> and shortly after that, he ended up in Newcastle. So and things didn't go well for him there either. He fell out of Shearer, didn't he? he fell out of Shearer, put Shearer on the bench against Sunderland. Sunderland won two one. The pissing rain. Shearer um, was fuming. Shearer and, and Duncan Ferguson both on the bench. That if day. there was one thing that Shearer demanded in all of his activities, it was complete <laughs> respect. <laughs> yeah. At all times, from everyone. Yeah, yeah. A benign compliance yeah. from management. <laughs> Jalapeño. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jalapeño. Noel Baxter. Uh, Noel Baxter is a fullback. And indeed he is. And Noel Baxter just slots the ball past the keeper to make it 4-0. Uh, it's always um, quite exciting to see a fullback score, isn't it? It happens like maybe yeah. once or twice a season. 
Well, unless yeah. you've got one of those super fullbacks. Like there was a time when Julian Dix was consistently West Ham's top scorer every year. Yeah. So sometimes you get, those, you get those Forest. kind of fullbacks, Stuart Pearce, yeah. But on the whole, they're not known for their goal-scoring feats. So it's quite exciting mm. when one of them does score. And that's what's happened here. Mm. Uh, but it's sadly marred by Noel Baxter's idiot child face. Kicked <laughs> uh, in glee as he scores. The only, the only sad bit about this is that he doesn't go wahoo. Yeah. Someone's already done it earlier on. This, this seems prime. Why Quite surprising for a gobshite like Noel Baxter yeah. to just celebrate silently. Yeah, the celebration comes from elsewhere in the crowd. Yes! Um, another fan says, Oh, sorry, I do apologise. It's, it's not a fan, it's one of the defenders. This is crazy. We're marking Race and Richards out of the game and getting a thrashing. <laughs> another one says, Hey, look. The boss is signalling something. (laughs) (laughs) And he is signalling something. He's got two arms outstretched in the air, fingers pointed, which means, according to another Carford player, he wants us to get back to a man-for-man marking system. Seems reasonable. I mean, the 4-0 down. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, you've got to change something. I mean, it's damage limitation situation at the moment. You've got to abandon what we can only describe as the seven for two marking system that they've <laughs> <Yeah>. deployed. <laughs> uh, Just keep card. on with the seven for two. It's <laughs> yeah. dodge. It'll turn. The game will turn. Don't worry. Uh, for a while, Carford's new tactics work reasonably well. Uh, fan shots. Is, is, is this lad, this Rovers player who's, who's getting tackled here? I don't recognise him at all. I'm not sure. Is he? Is he not Glenn? Glenn Ritchie, maybe. Never seen Possibly. him. Uh, it's probably just the angle that his head's at. Mm. You're doing fine, City. Rovers haven't scored for at least ten minutes. Ha ha! <laughs> Sarcasm there. Uh, then uh, the repartee of the terraces. There's nothing quite like it. Yes. The salty humour of the common football fan. <laughs> We have a knowledgeable crowd. I hear that. Real knowledgeable football crowds. people. Yeah. Oh, fuck off. Um. Then someone takes a throw in straight to Rob Richards and shouts, Rob Richards! Oh, there's some advertising horns. Are there any names on them? Don't think there are. No. Uh, Rob's got a little more freedom. Only one man marking him now. You mean there was, and uh, he just ducks. Rob Richards du- selfish, selflessly ducks, and the ball bounces into the path of Roy Race. Beautiful dummy! And Rob shouts, yours, Roy! And Roy, Roy gives him it straight back. Oh, this is almost fucking sexual, this. Go for mm-hmm. it, Rob! Mm-hmm. You little cunt! The two defenders. Yeah. Uh, over onto the fourth page. And of course, Rob Richards scores. Um, kind of spoils the prediction, I think, that Roy had made that neither of them would score. Took the, took the shine off it for me. Yeah. Five nil. Richards has scored. And in the closing minutes, Rob nods it into the path of Racy, who of course scores. Rob sets it up for Racy, and it's there. Bang. So what's that? Six. Six nil at Carford. Yeah. Night, night, <clears throat> cons. <laughs> Sleep tight. 
if you can. <laughs> Sweet dreams, fuckers. <laughs> As the full-time whistle broke off, it's torment to an end. Uh, Roy got it wrong. Those last two goals blew his prophecy to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> prophecy. Uh, uh, <laughs> Superb. I'd like a refund. <laughs> I came for the prophecy. Incorrect prophecy. <laughs> Error. Error. <laughs> <laughs> Inaccuracy. This could be the beginning of the end for Roy Race. <laughs> uh, and of course, someone says, "What prophecy? It was a double bluff for the benefit of Dennis Blair." Dennis Blair shakes Roy's hand very magnanimously. Something tells me you've talked your way into the semi-finals, Roy. He says, "I am so very, very, very stupid." <laughs> Uh, Roy says, plus my little, little help from my teammates, Dennis. Thanks for taking it so well. <laughs> uh, he says, uh, what a thrashing. I doubt if any of the remaining clubs will hold any fears for you now, Racy. Uh, Roy says, only one. And we get a close-up of Roy looking very serious. He says, Walford. Fuck. The club that lured me away from the Rovers. If they get through today and we're drawn against them in the semi-finals, it could be a little tricky for personal reasons. Um, and they're in the uh, they're in the dressing room afterwards, looking at the telly, watching the results coming through. Uh, Noel Baxter says, "Roy, the other is cup results are just coming through." Blackie says, "And guess who's made it into the semi-finals?" Now we see a close-up of the TV screen. It just says FA Cup quarter-finals. East Stoke 1, Walford 2. Uh-oh. It was, well, <clears throat> it was bound to, It was written in the stars, wasn't it? That's where it ends. It says, next week, Melchester find out who they've drawn in the semi-finals. Ooh, I wonder who it's going to be. I wonder who it's going to be. It's written in the fucking stars. And I hope On- this could mean the return of, uh, what's his name, the Walford owner. Oh, Harvey Rawson. And so, Roy, <clears throat> yeah. we meet again. Oh. Well, I'll tell you what it does. On the, on the opposite page, it says, next week, <clears throat> Arsenal's Stuart Robson in colour. That's fine. Oh, Stuart Robson, and, he played for West Ham. Yeah, and a warning for Roy. Walford's Joe Bellamy is gunning for Rover's skipper. Oh, yeah, said, Joe Bellamy, that cunt. The club cunt. There club he is. cunt Joe Bellamy. I'm a, I'm a, I want you, Roy. I want your belts. I'm going to scalp you. And it says Joe Bellamy had lost the captaincy of Walford when Roy took over the club. And Roy, uh, Joe Bellamy said, it's too much of a coincidence. I reckon he's scared to come back here as a player anyway, because he knows our lads still resent the way he walked out on us. <laughs> I didn't, me personally, I didn't like the way he walked in or walked out. He couldn't <laughs> win. Harvey Rawson's uh, like, I've missed you, Roy. Yeah. yeah. The constant reminder I have of uh, the stain from your ejaculate in the house I lent you for your stay here in Walford. Strangely, the, the, an ejaculate stain in the exact shape of <laughs> of Jesus Christ, our saviour. <laughs> ah, that's oh, right. It's like the Turin fucking shroud. The Turin yeah, fucking spunk more like. All of that candid footage from the hidden cameras. <laughs> I still have that. You didn't know about that, did you, Roy? Uh, yeah, I fucking did, actually. Maybe Not I bothered. Did. Yeah. 
Little treat What are you going to do with it? Put little it, fucking put it farewell on. gift. That's in my ass. Go like yeah. the fucking clappers, son. Yeah. Go public with it. Everyone will be impressed at my prowess. <laughs> I'm going like a fucking pneumatic drill, son. <clears throat> and then on the, the Roy Race talking page, which is where readers write in with requests for information and such like, and we have the uh, the the chart of they voted what their favourite story is and everything. Um We've got uh, one of those occasions when Roy completely dismantles a suggestion from a child mm. and just rips him apart. Sometimes Roy's just not in the mood, is he? Sometimes he's just not in the mood, and this is one of those occasions. Yeah. Uh, this, I mean, this is on the talking page itself. Mark Tiernan has sent in uh, a letter, and it, the headline at the top just says, Scrap Talking. Mm. So that's a bit um, cannibalistic. Mark Tiernan, who lives in Titchfield Common, Hampshire. We're not going to try and find it if he still lives there or docks him or anything like that. It's not It's not that important. He says, Mark Tiernan says, I enjoy your magazine, but a couple of changes would, in my opinion, improve it. For instance, scrap the talking and replace it with a player profile page and one of football news gathered throughout the week. Also, cut, go for goal to one page and fill the gap with readers' letters consisting of short letters and inquiries about football and or the comic. <coughs> and then Roy's reply. Do you think Roy's clicked his fingers out like this, stretched his fingers out before he started yeah. typing his reply? Lean back in his chair. The talking deals with readers' letters about football and my comic mark. Go for goal is often reduced to a page, but always looks more impressive over two. Football news gathered throughout a week would be out of date by the time an issue was printed. And as regards a player profile, it is something that other publications have been doing for ages. <laughs> Besides, almost every week, there is a rundown on a player past or present. Take a look elsewhere on these pages. There's more to come in the future too. It's a popular part of my weekly column. Now, with all due respect, Mark, get fucked. Go fuck yourself. Go and read fucking Wizard and Chips, you fucking baby. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. Roy. Unbelievable. Jesus. So that's that. That's great. And then on the back page, another new magazine or comic is launched, Sam. We had, um, I forgot what it was called now, that spooky one that came out. It was a screen. Oh, or yeah. Like yeah, someone sent us that, um, I think, on Twitter <laughs> or in an email that they are available on eBay. I've, they're on eBay. I've, I've found uh, a link where someone scanned them all and put them all online. Oh, have you read any? Is it is it as scary I as we it's imagined? Too, too scary. No, too, too scary, scary. Yeah, I haven't looked at it. So, but this new one is get a load of that freestyle BMX magazine. Yes. Yeah. So this was big. I mean, I did get BMX magazines around this time. Yeah. Um, it was just like all you could think about in 1984, really, wasn't it? Break, well, break dancing and BMXing. Those were yeah. the two big things. Uh, issue number one, available on Friday, March 23rd, featuring Britain's only professional BMX riders, Mike Pardon and mm. Andy Preston. Mike Pardon? Names from the past there. Yeah, Mike Pardon. Beg Mike Pardon. <laughs> Beg Mike Pardon. <laughs> yeah, Mike Pardon. Nickname, Beg. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Preston, nickname, North End. <laughs> 50 pence at your local usage. So this is go for it. And then at the top it says radical action at its best. Ooh. And it's just been letter set it on. Um, and it's not even straight. 
Um, I mean, that radical action, 1984, to me, doesn't suggest BMX biking. <laughs> no, it suggests... sounds like going on a fucking picket line with Scargill and the lads. Yeah, or maybe it's the IRA attack on the, the Grand yeah, Hotel in could, Brighton. Could be that. There was a yeah, lot of shit going action. down, wasn't there? Um, not doing a wheelie. I think but, that uh, the thing about the BMX magazines was I'd get them because it was everyone was into BMXs. But then when you got yeah. them, you weren't interested. Because how much... At the end of the day, don't take this the wrong way, BMX fans, because I still have a soft spot for BMXs. But at the end of the day, they are just a bike. It's just a bike. So yeah. how could you fill a whole magazine with compelling content They'd just about be underwhelming, a bike it? be, it's a bike pictures of people doing wheelies yeah. or jumps yeah and, and then, then there adverts. might be stuff about new equipment they might go here's yeah. a new type of fucking you know wheels you can get or a new grip <laughs> then there'd be an interview with someone who's probably quite boring BMX rider like what's the best stunt yeah. you've ever done on a oh well I spun I did a double 360 once yeah fucking prove <laughs> it mate right no one was there unfortunately yeah but I did do it it was in my mum's garden and uh, yeah it's like it's a hard thing to make you know BMXing is exciting when you're actually out on the BMX doing it but even then you'd see things on TV or whatever of them doing these most outrageous stunts on the BMXs and you think god these bikes are Mm. great then you'd get your own BMX and me personally I would just go, yeah, BMX guys have a lot of fun. Come on, it's time <laughs> yeah. for me to BMX. And I'd go, bye, mum, I'm just going out on my BMX. And I'd just, like, ride along the pavement, just boots yeah. along on it in a straight line. <laughs> ride, ride, ride. Stop, yeah. stop to cross road. Yeah. Wheel it across the road. Ride, ride. And I'd go to this park near my mum's, and there was a... It's the park that I used to hide in the, you know, hide in the bushes in. Mm-hmm. You'll remember me talking about it. and Nothing weird about that. Right around the... It was a square, and there was a concrete path around the square. And mm. in the concrete path... I don't know how this happens, Andy, but you know when there's, like, a concrete path, but weirdly there's sort of, like, sort of bumps and eruptions in the concrete? Yeah. What is that? Is that, like, mini earthquakes or something? Do you I know what I mean? It's maybe, it's maybe like the, the the path hasn't set properly and maybe there's been hot weather when they've put it down and yeah. melted or shifted. Quite a large bump, but not large enough for me to count myself as a skilled BMXer. And that was as skillful yeah. as it got me. I would ride around this square, like again and again, 10 times. And occasionally I'd go over the bump, jump. Like the wheels yeah. would leave the ground by like maybe five inches maximum. Same. Jump, yeah, I, I BMX co- stunt alert. Yeah, I was completely unable to do a wheelie. I never even, did. I was just I too even, terrified of falling backwards. I didn't even fucking try. So I'd get this bike because it was like a stunt bike and you'd be really into it. But then all I would do is just ride around in straight lines for a little bit and then yeah. come home. I've just been that's out right, BMXing, though. mother. But that's okay. Do you mean, you know. do you mean riding your fucking bike? No, I mean BMXing. It's different. It's more action packed. <laughs> <laughs> and the one thing that you can't do when you're riding a BMX around and doing stunts is read a magazine. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. They didn't last, pointless. did they? They didn't last. <clears throat> but in those days, any hobby, someone would launch a magazine about. Because, like, I think in the 70s, there was loads of karate magazines, wasn't there? I think that's how Felix Dennis actually got started. He spotted was the... It? the he's, right. he's, yeah. he spotted the craze for karate and kung fu in the 70s, and he said, right, mm. let's knock a load of fucking magazines out. <clears throat> It's a karate podcast. Do you remember when Felix Dennis claimed in an interview to, that he'd murdered someone just to impress a female journalist? 
Yeah. <laughs> and there was like a full investigation, wasn't there? Don't mess with me. I'll kill you. <clears throat> I killed someone before. Really, have you? Yeah. Pushed him off a cliff. Next question. It was in the Observer, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And um, and uh, I had a lot of friends who were working at that company at the time, and they got a they got a message round the company saying if anyone calls and asks anything about our proprietor, put the phone down straight mm. away. A lot of journalists will be calling the office today because everyone's just calling up the office, going, "Are you aware?" that your boss has just confessed to murdering someone. <laughs> to, he's confessed on record to a national news journalist to pushing a human off a cliff. <laughs> it's like 100% fiction. But he thought this bird was going to get off with him because in his mind he thought that's what impressed ladies. <laughs> he was really pissed. He's like, oh, fuck it out. I've got to say something to him. I've got to pull out the big guns. I know. I know, I'm going to tell her that I murdered someone. Murder <laughs> confession, that one. <laughs> activate murder confession. <laughs> he, was, he said that he, he, his story, I mean, I can't do it justice because it's the way it's worded, because she printed it verbatim. His story was that he had this lady friend and a bloke was giving her shit, like an ex-boyfriend was giving her shit and wouldn't leave her alone. So he said, so in the end, I called the bloke and arranged to meet him to straighten it all out. And I arranged to meet him on a cliff top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's have a get together, chat this through. Uh, do you know uh, Beachy Head? Yeah, just meet me there quite near the edge. Anyway, bye. <laughs> anyway, and I turned out and I told him to back off and he said he wouldn't. So I just pushed him off the fucking cliff. I've got the court here. Mm. He hurt her and I told him to stop and he kept on. <laughs> Pushed him over the edge of the cliff. He wouldn't let her alone. She told him to stop. I told him to stop. Many people told him to stop. Wouldn't stop. Kept on and on and on. <laughs> Made her life a living misery. Beat her up. Beat up her kids. So in the end, I had a little meeting with him. Pushed him off the edge of a cliff. <laughs> Worked hard. <laughs> asked, asked, did the alleged what killing take place in the Caribbean? where he owned a number of properties. He replied, don't matter where it was. <laughs> when That's he was my asked about the, When he was asked about the date, he said, ah, about 25 years ago. <laughs> Next question. The following day, Dennis phoned the journalist to say she should forget one particular episode I recounted to you after the third or fourth bottle. <laughs> <laughs> what art? I mean... The geezer is a fucking, he's like a, a he, he's a journalist by background and then he owned yeah. a huge fucking publishing journalistic organ. So you would yeah. have thought he, of all people, would, you, you wouldn't be worried about what he would say or not say in the presence of a journalist who had a tape recorder on the table. <laughs> I did make the press person goes, uh, Mr. Dennis, did it all go okay? Yeah, I think it was good. I think she'll give me a positive write-up. <laughs> And any problems at all? on the front cover. Uh, no, it was it was all pretty straightforward. There was one bit where I did confess to a murder, what I'd done, <laughs> but I, I can't see her including that in the piece, can you? It would be unfair. Because I think she could tell that was supposed to be off record. <laughs> Plus as well, I mean, it's not true anyway. I mean, I was just saying it because I thought it might, you know, get her hot, so to speak. 
Felix Dennis is probably worthy of a deep dive because as it oh, says yeah. in the opening paragraph of this piece I'm looking at, he has been jailed for obscenity, overcome an enthusiastic addiction to crack cocaine and become a best-selling poet. But has he also killed a man? <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, he's a great guy. Brilliant. Right, he's the Roy Racer publisher, wasn't he? He really was, yeah. He really <laughs> definitely was. Right, that's it from this one. Uh, back with more next week and the return of Joe Bellamy. Lovely stuff. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.